Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into today's Cheap Heat podcast, just want to remind everybody out there to check out the Fantasy Focus podcast from ESPN. It's one of the best podcasts in the world. You know this, one of the most popular podcasts in the world. People love it. My brother loves this podcast, for real. Anyways, Fantasy Focus, all your fantasy needs, wherever you find ESPN podcasts. Now it's Cheap Heat time. Yes, sir, we promised you a great day. Wow, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat. I am in New York City, physically large. Oh, yeah, in Philadelphia. Is in Philadelphia. (laughs) And then, of course, the one only uh, Dipstradamus, whose nickname has been repealed 100%. Sitting in his Los Angeles home. How is everyone doing? SGG, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here with you guys on this lovely Thursday afternoon. I got to tell you, it's a great week. Dip, how are you? Um, I just want to say Bret Hart is not in my top 10. He sucks. He's completely (laughs) overrated. And he was terrible on the mic and contributed to the worst era of WWE ever. Wow. Welcome to the show. That's big. Coming in hot. Guns blazing. Um, Dip did text me. Dip had a Dip's had a long-standing feeling about the result of the election, and he texted me on Tuesday night around ten o'clock Eastern and said, "I don't want to be that guy." But what did I say, Dip Stradamus? And I wrote, "You are that guy. I don't want to talk to you." It may have been the most harsh text conversation we've ever had. I said, "I don't want to talk." But- what did like say? I, I didn't like recall. it. I was very upset. I showed my relatives what was going on. Yeah, I was <laughs> not happy. <laughs> and it started out. I think his text was his original text was, what are your thoughts? Something like no, hate to was, be that guy. It was W-A-T-Y. W-A-Y-T. W-A-Y-T. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Hate to be that guy. But, you know, but I'm Dipstradamus. And then the next morning when I woke up and saw what was going on and I knew he was still asleep, I wrote back, what are your thoughts? Dipstradamus is dead. (laughs) The Uh, dusty finish swerve of the millennium. uh, Nothing makes me happier than having Dipstradamus die and uh, a slow death uh, based on the It's a slow death for sure. It's definitely a slow death. The slowest death ever recorded. Yeah, you've never seen a match finish quite this way. It's the dustiest of finishes, but I think when it's all said and done, it's a dusty finish that will be quite clear and decisive when it's all said and done. Here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. There is such a, and I, we don't talk about the election because I really don't want to, but, but uh, unless you want to, but. No, but, no, no, I'm not, not, well, listen, we're not t- I'm not tipping my hand. Here's the, here's, you're in Philadelphia, <laughs> so I can say this to you, SGD. Mm-hmm. The one giant piece that's missing is 
what is going on <laughs> in yeah. these rooms? Is anyone counting anything? It's Give all the mail in thousand they, increments of something. I, I Nevada is the same for two days. Is anything going on? Is something going on? Is something going on? Yesterday they said Nevada, they left. They left the election center at like six o'clock to just go home and go to bed. What is this? It's insane. Listen, I mean, they probably I, had the like a team did, building the, exercise the, paid for already. The very <laughs> angry man. The Nevada guy, the commission, the Nevada commission guy just 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 left a press conference, was very mean about the whole thing and said, uh, we don't want to have anything till tomorrow. Yeah, they 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 are taking their sweet ass time. There's there's something going on for sure. And to be fair, I mean, listen, they have time, right? Because these are unofficial what? results anyway. They do. They have to look the the 14th. Yeah, the Electoral College doesn't certify until December anyway. So I mean, these are all unofficial results. Right. Everybody so he's like. Time. And I think maybe maybe they're hoping that, listen, if Biden wins, if Biden wins Georgia, because he's stretching Arizona out, it looks like if he wins Georgia or Pennsylvania, it's over. And then the Nevada guy's like, you know what? We're not even going to finish. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> we'll Good luck. Uh, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for Pennsylvania that that's I would that's a, a point of pride for me. I would be very excited about that. Pennsylvania, I'm, a.k.a. the Florida of the North. Yeah, I apparently. Mean, yeah, man. I, oh, I, no, it is. It's the same thing. You have Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, which is like Miami and Palm Beach or whatever. And then the rest of Pennsylvania is Florida. It is growing up in Bucks County. I can tell you it, it, it is. You grew Trump. up in Florida. It, it's Trump City, <laughs> man. I mean, it's Trump City. And um, and if you know, if it, it just it just from the look of it, when you drive around it, it is Trump land. And um, and hopefully we get. Well, that may not change. It may continue to be Trump land. That may be the future. But either way, that's why this episode may be a little on the short side. It's coming a little later than we would have liked this week. But everyone's just been sort of preoccupied with other things in the world. Uh, But fortunately, everything stinks. There's nothing to talk about. Good night and good luck. And uh, we didn't miss very much. What's happening outside the ring? So outside the ring, um, Apparently, WWE abandoned the trademark for Cody Rhodes. Uh, they've been in a, a little bit of a battle since April. They let it lapse, and then Cody tried to claim it. Then they filed to reclaim it, and they were, had like a little detente for a bit. And now they have abandoned it, and it's it seems that Cody Rhodes, Cody is going to take the trademark and then begin to use the name Cody Rhodes to wrestle again. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I care. You do? You care? I, I, I care. I why hate. Why would you care about this? Because I hate Cody. Oh, okay. Okay. I hate that too. Yeah. I, I want, also hate Riddle. Well, we'll Oof. get there. I, I just want, I want Cody Rhodes. I don't the Cody, it sounds like they're calling for a dog every time. And now our best boy, here's Cody. Come here, Cody, 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 Cody. I, I, I want Cody Rhodes. I agree. Yeah, hopefully we we'll get it soon. All right. Well, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure WWE doesn't care that much. Let's be honest. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think I think they probably held on to it because they figured he'd be back, and now they see that AEW is thriving, and maybe he won't. Maybe it'll be a while, so they just let him let him rock out, have fun. Um, in other news, the producers behind the Last Dance, um, Lillian Garcia revealed this in a recent appearance that the producers behind The Last Dance are going to do a documentary on Stone Cold Steve Austin that, according to Lillian, 
is due out next year. How is the story coming from Lillian? That's the part that is funny to me. The, well, um, the way she explained it was that she got a call from WWE that the producers were going to be reaching out to her to oh, for an interview. get her input. Yeah, get her input on the, on the documentary. And then shortly thereafter, they did. And according to her, she was watching The Last Dance when she got these messages. So she was geeked out. And then now she's let it slip. I feel this is weird to me. I, I almost wonder if it's a miscommunication. Is this different than the, the things that are being there? They've reported already. So I'm not speaking at a school here that there are A&E docs coming out in the next quarter for uh, Austin, um, for Savage, for HBK. So is this a separate multi-part series she's confirming, or is it possible these things are getting blurred into one thing? It is possible that they're getting blurred into one thing because I didn't see it being reported as a separate multi-part series from the producers of The Last people were People were on Twitter going crazy, like, oh, my God, a multi-part Steve Austin, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I feel like this may be the same producers and maybe they're, it's just the thing they're doing on A&E. I don't know. Either way, I'll say one thing, and we all agree on this. The more retro documentary content, the better. It's one of the yeah. things they do best. It's all very good. Agreed. And especially if, because I mean, listen, they have like such a wide library of things. There's things that I'm sure we haven't even seen. Even like um, they recently did a thing for Sting on the network and they had footage of him and Savage going back and forth backstage. Just a little bit of banter, some jokes, but like we've never seen it. And they have this type of stuff going back. God knows how long and God knows who they have um, footage of. So it could I be, can't even could imagine be tremendous. what they what they're sitting on. It could be tremendous. But by the way, it also could be very mainstream and sort of for fans like us, a very old hat. And like, yeah, OK, it's like the obvious version of Steve Austin. That's why I, the Andre Doc, the Ric Flair 30 for 30. None of this stuff excites me, even though I think they were both well done, because as a super fan, as a true mark, you know, it, it, these are just stories we know, footage we've seen, images we've, we've sewn in our brain. So it's like, who, unless, they're, unless we're going to see stuff backstage, exactly like SGG said, the, most, the coolest part of the Sting Untold or the Sting thing that they, that they had on the network was when you saw him and Macho backstage talking. If they're going to have tons of backstage stuff with Austin interacting with an unmasked cane or, you know, I'd really like to see Austin talking to the headbangers. <laughs> right you know that type that type of stuff is really interesting to me I, I also i also like to see i'm always fascinated by um you know who rode together and and who was actually even if you were a Jobert, like the headbangers i'm just using i don't even know how i got in the head Jobert jays yeah, yeah i mean let's say you were a Jobert a Jobert team like the headbangers let's say Jobert or jace team like the headbangers like were they really like? I like to see what Joe Bears were really close with the with the main eventers. I'm I'm fascinated by that. I, I always like to me in kayfabe like the main eventers are the only people that they only interact with other main eventers. Right, and they don't like, even I, know who the other people okay. are. Right, like who like who in the current iteration of of the roster like Roman Reigns is like really close with like Chad Gable or like there's something like I recently heard like uh, Peter maybe you probably know more than anyone but like there's got to be like someone is friends with someone and it doesn't make any sense. Of course. Uh, of yeah, course. I, I love Roman that. I love that type of stuff. And the vintage stuff, 
from the 90s really that really excites me to sort of know that type of stuff so if the documentary is like that which the last dance was was like that for sure with, with the bulls i i would you know i would i'm very interested to see a doc a multi-part doc on stone cold steve austin what else you got sg that was it that I had for outside the ring. So we can head right into uh, the week that was. Do you remember SmackDown? It was like a year ago. <laughs> SmackDown? I do. I do. Um, the, my takeaways from SmackDown were the three things that left me. Well, actually, two things that left me sort of gobsmacked was, you know, the Jay, Jay Uso, Roman Reigns developments. Um, Jay Uso finally acknowledged Roman Reigns as the head of the table and then just beat down on Daniel Bryan. And then the kiss between um, Aliyah Mysterio and Murphy that I got to say, I didn't see coming. They, they've been sort of very clear about the fact that these two are in love and that's a romantic thing and not really a relationship. And I had been resisting even the thought until finally on Friday. It's just they just put it out there. And by the way, we know based on the kind of TV you like watching, no, no kind of storyline you like better than a trashy soap opera sex storyline. No, nothing better. Nothing. Because that reminds you of every show you're watching right now. It's going to be a train wreck. It's going to be a train wreck. I love I, it. I love, this is one of the storylines I love. I'm, I'm so down with the Murphy thing. It's it's good. Did this you is, see Rey Mysterio's shirt the other day? Was it? It was fly, though. I liked it. <laughs> I, I think it was Versace. I forget. It was Versace. Yeah. Oh yeah, big Versace guy. Oh, Let me yeah. tell you, that is one day that estate sale is going to be just off the chain. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> incredible. It, so you're um, into it. You like you like you think yeah. there's something different about the Murphy and Aaliyah. It's not good, but it's again, it's a storyline. There was some thought given to it in some capacity to entertain viewers other than a typical wrestling match. So yes, I like it, and I think it should continue. And what do we think is going to be next for Roman Reigns and Jey Uso? Well, I don't know, right? Because Jey Uso qualified for that Survivor Series team. Roman Reigns is going to Survivor Series potentially against Randy Orton, maybe the Miz if they cashes in. Um, who knows? But I mean, I don't know what that where that leaves Jey Uso or with this level of intensity. Like, does it cause dissension in the team? There is something know. very old school, nineteen eighty nine about Jay Uso being on the Survivor Series team. In other words, the guy who doesn't really belong on a Survivor Series team, but is just coming out of a major storyline. So because he's hot, gets put on a Survivor Series team. It's very early Survivor Series because it's not an indicator that Jay Uso is going to stick around much beyond this. It's just an indicator that at this moment, he is one of the guys and needs a Survivor Series team. It doesn't mean they're going to continue to push him. But it would yeah. be crazy to drop him altogether right now. Now, I hope we all hope that they keep going with this family storyline. But guys, we have no idea. I, yeah, I got to tell you, I, I, I feel like the main event, the, the main event picture right now is such a jumbled mess. <laughs> OK, you have Survivor Series coming up where you have Roman versus Randy Orton. There's been no interaction. You have on Raw, you have Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and The Fiend are the top three. But you have Alexa Bliss hanging out there, which is like a variable in the storyline, who hasn't really had much effect on the Drew-Randy thing except for just appearing. And then you have the dragged out, boring 
enough is enough already storyline between Randy and Drew, which is just, it'll just never end. I mean, there's, there's nothing new they can do or say at this point that is going to be interesting unless they really swerve. So what I feel like they have here is a bunch of things up in the air with no clear resolution. And I bet you they haven't even come up with it yet. And they're just biding their time week to week. That's my guess. Listen, you're probably right, but at least on the raw end, well, on all of it, none of it bothers me. I, I really do like that Randy and Roman haven't interacted and probably aren't going to until the go-home show of one of those right before Survivor Series. And with Randy on Raw, I like that You know we'll has, get an invasion. There's going to be an invasion. I, I hope not. But even if there is, like, just keep them apart, allude to it, but they don't need to go right into it. And then with Randy on Raw, I like that he has three looming threats to his new championship because drew is not going away the fiend we have no idea um what he really wants from randy and then the miz is right there with the money in the bank briefcase not and anymore. that's that's a threat that's not going away until he cashes in he he lost the briefcase on monday in the first segment it's it's a mess it was the no was he didn't the, lose the briefcase he attempted to cash in but drew interfered so he didn't get to cash in he stole the money in the bank that was <laughs> not clear to me that was one of the worst. I got to tell you, the first segment of Raw was one of the worst segments I've well, ever seen. Well, to be fair to them, if that was unclear to you, then it means like you haven't been paying attention over the years because they do that every year. The no, I, bank, I know what they the do. The money bank briefcase holder I comes down, doesn't get to cash in, and it's like, oh, the bell didn't ring. He still has the briefcase. And it's, it's dumb. Oh, the they bell go- didn't ring. The bell didn't ring. Mm-hmm. Right. The they love the bell doesn't ring. You love the bell doesn't ring? No, no, they love. No, they love it. Oh, they love the bell doesn't ring, I don't know, dude. I mean, it's just, it's so thin and weak and the whole thing is just not interesting at all to me. It's not real. It's not a real, it's not interesting, SGG. Well, the Miz, I mean, the, the Miz and Morrison and it's just not. I think it is. I think it's a good way for them to press pause, right? Because you have the, they have these looming threats, but none of them are really going to be able to get their hands on Randy because he still has to focus on Survivor Series. So at least this gets them past Survivor Series. And then in the meantime, they can see they can listen to things like this, see how people feel about it and see which direction they really should go in. Should the Miz be the one to take it off of him? Obviously, I feel like they should pull away from um, Randy versus Drew. So it really is between what the Miz is and the, the best case. Uh, we've asked this before, but I'll ask it again. Now that we're into Randy's 14th title reign, what is the best feud for Randy right now? That's possible. It's a really good question. I went down the roster when you asked that question previously the only people that make sense are a, a Fiend and Drew and potentially AJ. Other than that, unless they're really going to skyrocket somebody, there is no, there's Keith Lee, there's yep. Seamus. There is, but there, there is no, that's what I'm saying. Like the, it's just, everything just feels diminished as far as people's roles and their meaning on Raw. Yeah, so great I, example of that. If you were looking for someone, and I know they've had stories before, but I'm just trying to think of a credible baby face on Raw. There isn't one. There's Kofi, who's now been diminished, as you said. But that oh, yeah, would have be been, great. yeah, that would have made sense. Kofi and Randy now. That would be great. Diminished though. I mean, that's they're you know they were on Raw, but they had just their match, and that was that. Her business. There's you Keith know, Lee. I think Keith be, Lee is a good option. Honestly, Keith Lee already beat Randy Orton. 
um, Keith Lee could use being built up. He doesn't need the championship, but I think there would be something, some benefit to having Keith Lee in a, a meaningful two or three month long feud that gets Randy to the rumble and then allows them to push that reset button of who wins the rumble, who's going after Randy and then building somebody that way. I think Keith Lee could be the vehicle to get them there. What I would like to see, which they'll never do is have MVP challenge Randy Orton for his title and have it, have it, the hurt business face Randy MVP's a legend. Randy's the legend killer. They could, they could, they could start a storyline just based on that phrase. Well, yeah, and it's not, it's not like you can even say definitively that the hurt business are heels because they're, well, they're not. They, they don't know. What, we don't know. They, what they are, are in between. Right. They are. They're in between. So that's that's a viable option, which they'll not. They won't do. Well, let's let's be honest. We want to see MVP on top. We love MVP. I, I yeah, of course. I, I'm just. Gold. I'm frustrated by Survivor Series. Period. I just. Of course. I do not like that it's become Raw versus SmackDown. Like, I just want a a few good Survivor Series matches. I know it's not going to be the whole card again. Why? I don't know. I don't know why people have to be like, stop dreaming. That was 1989. I mean, make it the same. It was great. Have lots of Survivor Series matches. Why is it a tradition for a reason? Yeah, it's a tradition. You wonder. It's like it's, it's clearly Vince or somebody is preventing it from happening. But why don't they just try it? Every single person wants it. Everyone. There isn't a person on earth that knows anything about wrestling that doesn't want it to be traditional Survivor Series matches. We love it. It's fun. It makes sense. It's what was fun years ago. It looks, you would think Vince would love it because it looks so impressive. To say, damn it, look at all these big guys are up there. God damn. <laughs> yeah, why would you not want that? Yeah. Who knows? Everyone man. loves nostalgia. It's it's just ugh. and it, like they used to already have. There's already there already was a pay-per-view about SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah, battlegrounds and bragging rights, and then battleground was that bat? Was it both? I think it was both. I think it used to be bragging rights, and then it became battleground. Either way, they have a a pay per view for it. That's not what Survivor Series is. It's Survivor Series has its own tradition, and it's not SmackDown versus Raw. It's it's teams of five striving to stay alive. (laughs) And then they should do the battle royal at the end, like they did in '90. When Hogan that would, and that would be that amazing. Would, well, all survivors, that they won't. If you think it's good, they'll never do it. By the way, and didn't we already say this? If you win the Survivor Series Survivors Battle Royal, you get to be the number thirty entrant in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, connect Survivor Series to your next pay per view, your next big pay per view, which connects you to your. Biggest pay-per-view. Tie everything together. Long-term storyline. Keep us all interested. So, I mean, listen, I, I think they'll be like, for example, I think Roman and Randy will be a great wrestling match. I'm, I'm looking forward to it from a wrestling match standpoint. What's it going to mean down the line, though? It's ruining what could be a great feud is what it is. It's well, you're seeing yeah. something with no build that could have been awesome. Eventually. Not even no build. It's just no stakes, like like Peter said. Right. There's no stakes to it. Like if it if it tied into the next rumble, even if it was just like because they're gonna keep tally and they're gonna say Raw one or or SmackDown one. I'm predicting SmackDown sweeps Raw. Um, but what does that mean? That it doesn't mean anything. Like NXT came in last year, dominated both of them, and now doesn't even get an invite to the show. Like you're defending. Right. 
brand champions aren't even there for Survivor Series this year. Now let's let's get to something uh, that we can all agree on, and and it's not dumping on what's going on at WWE, which I think they're doing a great job. Let's talk about how much everyone hates Chris Jericho. <laughs> Man, how much time we got to do this? <laughs> By the way, no, I don't. I would not. I don't want to really go into it that much. Specifically, the details of, of it, I, I don't want to get into that much. I found it funny though that this was the thing that set people off on Chris Jericho being a jerk. A tweet this week about the election, an ill-informed tweet where he says, I've never seen it take this long to count votes. Anyone think that's weird? While it was ill-informed, stupid, and showed his hand politically, (laughs) it's surprising to me that it was the thing that got him finally just like everyone in wrestling was like, dude, shut up. Just shut up. Right. I just think he's been a jerk for so long. It's funny to me that it was this. It wasn't that bad relative to things that he said and done. Well, it's his, it was his inability to read the room, right? Like, you know, on a Wednesday morning when anybody who's been paying attention to the news was already prepared for this to go go long. Like, everybody, was, everybody already knew that you weren't going to wake up and know exactly who your president was, that it was going to take a while because of the things like the mail-in ballots and just uh, systems being overwhelmed across the country, not just in PA, but like all over the place. And here he comes <laughs> with, <laughs> with the with the tweet that he thought was going to like blow everybody's mind, and everybody just like, "What are you doing?" It was not. It did not play well for him at all. I was a big fan of my tweet to him. I was I was excited that I got to say "shut up" to Chris. Felt good. Yeah, yeah, you should. It felt it felt terrific. And then if it, it, it you know, and l- let me let me just remind everyone, you know, I everyone knows I think Chris has been doing great work for the most part. Um, and I still look forward to seeing him on TV, even when I find him annoying. But then, of course, yesterday it was pretty funny. They break him out in the only capacity I have no interest in seeing him in. And that is extended time on commentary. Yeah, where he it, I've been saying it. Are people finally on board? Dip, do you enjoy him on commentary? You're an AW defender. I'm in love. You think he's the best? You think he's the best? You think he's the best commentator in the biz? I just like him, dude. I like to see him out there. I like to see. I mean, I, maybe it's a little off the rails right now, like you know, comedically. But um, I like Chris Jericho. I, I I don't agree with his tweet, obviously, um, or his political views, clearly. But I like the guy, man. I do. I'm like he's I'm, not. He's I not like good Chris on commentary, Jericho. though. I feel like that that could be like a unanimous. I'm by him. I, I think his commentary is so bad. It's so over the top. His voice, his he doesn't understand. It's funny. It's actually, you know, it's, it's funny though, because he he's gotten, I feel like on his podcast, though I haven't listened in a while, he learned to have some sort of broadcasting tone. But when he's doing commentary, there's no pacing to his style it's like a constant blah 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 blah. it never it's grating and not just that can be great that can be heelish grating and it can also just be like yeah but you're on the whole time you know for example (laughs) jesse the body ventura was a heel on commentary but and he made you mad he didn't make you constantly annoyed so you couldn't enjoy the show i want to be able to enjoy when gorilla monsoon is talking um However, the moment and dip, it's funny. You haven't watched AEW yet. 
Greg, you would say, I would say one of the best moments on Dynamite the, this entire time, right when they needed it, because I think, I'll be honest, it's been slow recently. Uh, I think this pay-per-view will not have the same numbers as their previous pay-per-view. I don't think there's the same energy around full gear. I agree. But I'll tell you what, Eddie Kingston and John yeah. Yep. One of the best promos in a wrestling ring in years. Yeah, I agree. It was intense. It was captivating. And, um, you know, like I said last week, it, it did what the promo was supposed to do. I don't think anybody watched that promo and thought, I'm not interested in this match or I don't even, I don't no. care what happens next. Everybody wanted to know what's ha- what happens next with those guys. If they had any balls that Eddie Kingston would win. You know what I mean? I, I uh, by the way, I couldn't <laughs> agree more. Yeah. If I had mean, any balls, but the, he won't. But that's what AEW should be doing is shocking people and making people want to watch. And it, what, what happens next week? That's the, that's a great point. I don't know why they fall into this, traditional like we're going to be different but let's be the same and that we're scared to pull the trigger when it's time to pull the trigger you know like yeah i know yeah no one is expecting eddie kingston to become champion but i got news for you he should if eddie kingston becomes champion at full gear i think uh i don't even i don't even know i don't don't even have a point to what i was just about to say (laughs) i i'm 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 all in again but that is the point. But hold on. That is the point, right? That is the if point. Eddie Kingston becomes champion at full gear. Your mind will be so blown that you will, you won't even know what to do with yourself. You won't have an explanation for it. All you know is that whatever's happening in the wrestling stratosphere is going to, you're going to be pulled in to that's what right. AEW has going on. And that's really all that should matter for them. Does he have the name recognition of a Chris Jericho or of these other guys? No. Is he the type of guy that you can like send to a corporate event and and represent the company like a Cody? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You can't send, I, I'm uh, not gonna. I'm not gonna cancel Ambrose. him out. But is he gonna get people to watch the product? And is he gonna get people to care about your championship? Yes. Whether he's the network execs pick or not, like he's the people's favorite. I, I I'm with you guys 100. percent I think an Eddie Kingston win flips them upside down, gets them so much more interest, puts Moxley in the position of chasing again, which, which where he's, he's better. better. Um, and by the way, if you don't do it and don't do it, in, how about this? Don't do it at the pay-per-view because I don't think the pay-per-view is going to be that big anyway. Do it in the rematch next Wednesday on TV. Let Eddie Kingston win that title on TV. So people are like, oh my God, I can't believe they did a title change on TV. On TV. I don't yeah. I don't agree. Why? I like to see title changes on the big stage. I don't like I, when they wait to do big things on Raw or Is full gear a big stage? Exactly. No, well, for one. them number it is. Two, for them it is. And number two, this is how you make um AEW Dynamite the big stage, right? Because like Monday Night Raw became the big stage when you had Brett defending every champ every excuse me, defending his championship every week against random guys. Now he never lost it. But he came out and defended it. So if you get send Mox on a Wednesday to defend it and then he loses, you know what I mean? The WWE Championship has exchanged on free TV. Uh, I mean, a lot hey, of the Mick Foley, Mick Foley. The Mick Foley is one of the biggest ever. I, it would be very, very cool. Um, right. I, actually, all right, guys, we got to get close to wrapping up here. What were you going to say? Uh, close to wrapping up. I will. Okay. Uh, another massive ball drop. Okay. 
is they've now the, the quickest Jobertum drop in the history of Jobertum. Not that he wasn't a Jobert before, but Tucker has new tights jobbed to ricochet before they put over the retribution angle. And now, <laughs> and now he's just a full blown Jobert and they drop the Otis thing. That was interesting and fun. We talked about it last week, how great it was. Now we just, now Tucker's just going to be a full blown, like Bo Dallas Jobert. I mean, come on, dude. What else? He was, had a great promo Otis last part. week. They can't just give us a couple of weeks with some fun Otis stuff. By the way, yeah. or, or, or just surprise people. Maybe he's actually talented. I think whatever. He, I mean, he he's has talented to be, on the right? mic. I'll tell you that. That was really yeah. dumb. Of course. Right. Well, so you're telling me that within a matter of weeks, it could be that Otis, that they're both basically Joe Bears. I know because I know that everything Otis all is going to Otis is Otis is too charismatic. So Otis is going to be OK. They'll find another way for him to do something. Yeah, yeah I think Otis so. is going to connect with the fans no matter what. But by the way, they have to be smart with Otis. He's so talented. He's not a no brainer of what to do, though. He's it, it's complicated. OK, like this is not SNL. So there's not going to be good writing for him to go out and do comedic performances every week. He's See, gonna, they've got to find a, they've yeah. got to find a yeah, way them. to make him work. Yeah, well, and so, I think Otis and Otis and Tucker being separated too hurts Dips thing because like they can't feud from different shows. But that edge that he had in turning but, but, on but, his by the way, though, he doesn't them, have anymore. But them feuding if they'd been on the same show could have done a lot for both of them. Yeah. Definitely. I don't, they, I don't know why you separate them. They, they would have been bigger feuding together than otherwise. It should be maybe Otis and Daniel Bryan. I don't does anything. I don't hate that. Does anything make sense? I mean, it's like, no Otis and Daniel Bryan. I don't hate because you can picture okay, Otis yeah. beating him, but it's still a credible, important win. Exactly. Yeah. And the hard yeah. part for Otis is picturing who, who do you see him beating? That's what makes it hard for Otis. Hey, SUG. Oh, yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black. And I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo. Because I'm black and I'm black. Yo, I'm black and I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black. And I'm black, y'all. You can't, you can't make Kamala Harris or Joe Biden number one. Not yet, not yet. The results are still coming in. The results are still coming in. <laughs> but in at number three, another strong black woman, uh, Bianca Belair. She won a triple threat match to earn her spot on the... She's the EST. She is the EST. Of S to the D. <laughs> That's right. And she's going to Survivor Series. Uh, she joined the team. It's official. Um, so now I'm looking for big things from her. Hard fought victory, too. I thought, you know, I thought she's going to breeze through her opponents, but... Um, and you know what I have to say about that, up. by the way? Jerking the Undertaker off. <laughs> Shockingly, Billy Kay made it tough, but <laughs> Bianca Belair pulled out the victory. Um, and then number two, a gentleman that I don't think we've ever talked about from a company that we talk about very rarely. Go ahead. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Jonathan Gresham. He is the new Ring of Honor Pure Champion. Uh, it was a championship that they had many, many years ago. Um, they revived it, and he won the tournament to become the new Ring of Honor Pure Champion. And, and honestly, 
I feel like him having this championship puts him on the short list of best wrestlers in the world. The first ROH Pure Championship was AJ Styles. Okay. CM Punk in the tournament finals. The last champion was Daniel Bryan. Um, Nigel McGuinness was a champion. Samoa Joe was a ROH Pure Champion. So he's in... Um, and this guy's name company. is Jonathan Grisham? Yeah, Jonathan Gresham. Until WWE gets the hand. Oh, on. my God. Who is this man? You <laughs> have no idea. Do you have a black wrestler alert on Google? I do that. I do that. I do that. But I was paying attention just because he was in the tournament. He Before the tournament kicked off, he was Be honest. Do people, t- do people tweet you like, yo, SGG, have you seen this and, and put you on? Mm, some stuff. Some stuff. Like I, Jay White raised a lot of money for Black Lives Matter. And uh, some people suggested that I put him on the uh, Black Power Rankings. But Finish. he he's a white guy. His last name is White. I couldn't really finagle it, even though he did raise a significant amount. I like that. I like that to him. It wasn't. It, I like that it wasn't just him being white, but his last name being white. Listen, Alistair Black has cracked the cracked the ranking. Right. It's amazing times. how much of it, a, a, a deal it is. Your name. God, where's you Alistair need, Black? You I need, mean, you need some black. We need Alistair. By the way, Alistair Black needs needs some needs something. Is he's it's 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 scary. I think it's a scary time doing? for Alistair Black. What? I think it's a scary time for Alistair Black. Oh, he's screwed. It worries me. Confirmed. Um, in, all right, in, 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 in the number one, in the number one, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, the Hurt Business. Uh, they beat the New Day. It was a non-title match for the Smack for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Excuse me, but um, I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction that although WWE is priming the fans for New Day versus the Street Profits. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's going to actually be Shelton and Cedric versus the Street Profits when we finally get tag champs versus tag champs at Survivor Series. They're going to beat the New Day before Survivor Series comes, and they're going to go into Survivor Series as your Raw Tag Team Champion. You know what I would have loved? If they were going to do this mixed Fakakta SmackDown versus Raw business, I would have liked a Survivor Series team comprised of the Hurt Business and the New Day together. Or Street Profits and New Day versus the Hurt Business. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, hey, remember. With an exclusive world premiere of our brand new box lotter. Can I can I keep the storyline going, my personal storyline going for one second? Yeah, please. Yeah. My my parents opened a box in my attic. Is this an update on the on the fifty seven boxes? Yeah, fifty four. Fifty four boxes. By the way, it's fifty five now. Okay, they found another one. Yeah, they found a box, which comprised of um, all the figures of the wrestlers who have died over the years that we set aside because we thought like, oh, we don't want anything to happen to that figure. That wrestler died. So, I know you it's, paid homage. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. When you open up the boxes, you know what happens in Dip's house. This, when these when they arrive, the second he touches a box, he, he this this organically plays from the box. Wait. So also in the box, yes. I had a screen because my my parents redid my basement or like took all, or like organized everything in the basement and took down all the stuff from whatever like ten years ago. 
And I went down there to try to find um, this one specific thing years ago and it was gone. And I went absolutely crazy at my mother for throwing this out, but they, mm. opened up the, they opened up the box in the attic and there it was. There's a folder, a, a, a school, a school folder that was sold in 1990 of ultimate warrior. It's, it's, it's lime green and pink and it has him on it. And in that folder, I had two things. Go ahead. All the, all from all the old WWF magazines and WCW magazines, the posters that mm-hmm. came from, all the big giant the centerfold. My, and, and by the all way, this, the this feeds perf this feeds perfectly into the narrative that I have about the 50, the 54 boxes. Okay. Okay. Wait. So, so in there, plus all the old Hasbro and LJN cards, the backings of the figures that are, that I have that exist. I mean, they're worth nothing, but By the way, I was gonna, so this is what I was going to say. I am predicting 50. He has 54 boxes. There boxes. will be one to two boxes of things he actually likes. And and I, when, I, when I say, I mean, he likes, he loved them all as a child, but I mean that like he'd have a use for right now in some way. Okay. 52 boxes of garbage. Absolute <laughs> posters, beat up posters from magazines, advertisements, the backs of VHS boxes, garbage that his parents are, his, his mom is so sweet. Any sane parent would have thrown these in the garbage when she saved garbage. And that's my prediction. He was threatened. Let me tell you something. Not only, not only is it not, not only is it not garbage, but I will be, I, I am the, whatever plot I am buried in, in Philly, in LA, wherever it is, probably, well, probably Hollywood forever. I'll probably be buried. It's, that's the, that would be right. The cemetery of the Sench. Yeah. Okay. Whatever plot, whatever plot I am buried in, the plot next to me will also be purchased for all 54 bucks. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> I didn't I didn't expect that. Um, hey guys, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. I apologize for the shorter episode this week, but as I said, it's just a, a crazy, a crazy week. Um, and we'll hear dip, the boxes will be there anytime. November eleventh. Oh wait, we have a date. Oh. November eleventh. Write it down, everyone. There will be a podcast, there'll be video, the unboxing of the fifty-four boxes of garbage. It is coming. <laughs> Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. We'll get to the mailbag uh, next week. Do me a favor, guys. Hold out hope. Stay hopeful and stay mage. Keep the faith. Stay mage. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the pain of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to make up and like step in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Red. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 Mitch.